Well done, mate. Ah, there we go. I will learn. I will learn that it has to be pressed at the very beginning. Um, I need to have a T-shirt on just like so I can read it. It's printed backwards, so it says press the record button. (laughs) This is the Temporal Trek Nexus Knights. Yes, so we are going to go for um, a Nexus Knights, and we're going to talk about Strange New Worlds. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. as uh, Paramount Plus has just launched here in the UK. Uh, it's only been, what, six months since it launched officially last time? Um, and we've been having our gripes and everything about that, but it is finally here. Yes. So um, I thought we'd do episodes one to five because that's the only ones that are available in the UK at the moment. So on launch, the first five episodes of season one have come out. There's another two episodes that we've already seen. Um, thanks to the uh, passing uh, Orion freighter that came past and dropped off a couple of data crystals. Uh, But other than that, um, we've seen the extra two episodes after that, and there's three more left to come, um, which is pretty surprising. I suppose we should start there. It's a short season. How do you feel it's like come onto the scene? Do you feel like it's taken a while to get it to its pace, or has it just hit the ground running? Well, funny enough, we, we had a brief discussion about this the other day. Mm. over over twitter and um i i've got to re reevaluate my <laughs> first season's crap theory because i have to say you know it's been pretty good it really has it yeah. really has yeah, yeah it has it's mm. been good i mean technically should we be seeing it as the second season because we had pike in season two of discovery and that's kind of like a backdoor pilot if you think about it like we had a yeah. whole season to get used to that character. We sort of met Una. We sort of met Spock. I mean, I know we didn't meet the wider cast, but you know, you could see that as like a a tester. So they already had a bit of confidence behind them, maybe. Yeah, I guess there's a truth in that. But I think actually, to be fair to them, I think um, you know, obviously, the only reason this exists is because of the success of Pike, mm. particularly in um, season two. Season, yeah. yeah, season two of, of Discovery. And um, so, yes, I mean, there is there is that. But I think actually, you know, the fact that it was, it was, what's the word? It was born from the fans mm-hmm. doesn't mean it had to be good. No, very true. And to be fair, I think it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it- what I want is 24... 24- Twenty-four episodes. <laughs> you never know. Next season, they might change their minds. They might do. Uh, they might do a Stranger Things. You know, Strange New World, Stranger Things. Because yeah. what they've done with season four is they've released the first set of episodes as volume one, and then right. they go away. They've sort of uh, had a bit more production issues and all that kind of stuff, and then they're going to release the second half of season four as volume two. Yep. You could probably do that with season two of Strange New Worlds, I guess. Yeah. You know, release 10 episodes and then another 10 and then maybe another four as a bonus. So, yeah, That's what they've done with Walking Dead as well, haven't they? Exactly, exactly. Take yeah. a little season break. Yeah. 
but yeah, still class it as season two. I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, I've really enjoyed this. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it did make me think as I was watching these episodes. Like, oh, Dan's gonna have to really think about this one. Like, season one, it's it's so confident. It's yes. such a confident season. They haven't had to feel like they need to explain anything. Uh, even the characters we've never met before, you know, mm. Ortegas and and Benga, we've kind of known before. Chapel, we sort of know where they're going to end up, but we don't really know much about who they were in the the two episodes that Benga was there, and like the you know the the handful of episodes that Chapel had. Yeah. We don't really know those characters truly well. Um, and then you've got all the new stuff, and then you've got Uhura as well. You know, a character that we should know loads about, but really, when you think about it, she only had a couple of big roles in the movies. And a couple of really deep episodes in TOS. Mm. Other than that, she wasn't really focused on, just like Sulu, just like Chekhov. Yeah. Um, and we've had some really stonking episodes, some really good, self-contained, 45-minute episodes of story. And although there's been some carryover and there's been character work, you can just enjoy it. You can just yeah. sit back and relax. And in one episode in particular, um, not my favourite episode of all, but one of them, it... I genuinely thought it was a movie. I came away thinking right. I, sh I should have been eating popcorn at that. You know, it, it delivered everything that you get from, you know, Wrath of Khan or from First Contact. I really felt they, they'd managed to do something with 50 minutes that I'd never seen in television before. It just seemed to last so much longer, but not in a bad way. It wasn't felt like, oh God, when is this finished? This wasn't the seventh. Let's just say that. It wasn't the seventh from Enterprise uh, where he's going, oh God, just finish it, please. This was just like, it was 50 minutes that felt like a two-hour movie, uh, just because of the way they delivered it. Yeah. I figured we'll go episode by episode. By episode. Okay. I know it might not be fresh in our memories, but it has sort of made an impact with us, so I'm sure we've got something to say. Yeah. But the opening episode, the the pilot episode, effectively, um, which was Strange New Worlds, um, you know, self-titled, just like, you know, an, a, an artist's first album. Yes. Uh, you know, Strange New World. What did you think? I really enjoyed the episode, and I think actually, it's probably the for me it's the weakest episode of the season actually. Yeah, and and that's not really a massive criticism because I think it was a good episode. But yeah, just yeah. So um, I like I like the stuff. I love the stuff. In fact, with um, the Daily Earth stood still. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big '50s sci-fi sort of B movie. Although I don't think. That was a B movie, particularly, but a sort of B movie fan. Yeah. I grew up. Um, there was a program on BBC Two um, called Movie Drome. Oh yes, yeah. Which they used to put on every so often. They used to do it at Christmas and stuff, and mm -hmm. um, it'd be a series of films, like sort of cult films and stuff. Yep. And I used to watch. I used to love them, and I used to particularly like the sort of you know the the fifties ones, the, the the Incredible Shrinking Man, and mm. and and the Fly, and and all that sort of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a real big fan, and I, I think um, the Daily Earth Stood Still is probably one of the better '50s sci-fi movies. It's a it's a really good movie. Um, so that I really like that, and of course, then it, it sort of reflects back in the way that Pike sort of deals with the with the civilization that he encounters. Um, I thought the I'm uh, not quantum. The um, warp bomb mm. was an interesting one. Mm. I'm not sure what that would be exactly. Yeah. Like why why a warp bomb? 
Like you yeah. could make a super powered nuclear device. Yeah. But what advantage is yeah. there to a warp bomb? Um, yeah. And what does it do? Does it accelerate like towards your enemy and then it just appears and then it just wipes them yeah. out? I mean, surely that would mean it would be on a carrier, like it would have nacelles and it would fly itself. So it could be intercepted. It could be stopped in some way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it was unusual. You know, yeah. they, it had a warp signature and, and they would go yeah. that far, given that they seemed quite technologically advanced for yeah. their time. Yeah. Um, I, one thing I did like the little sort of, I don't know if this is a conscious nod, but the whole way through all of this season so far, it's felt very 50s, just in the, yes. in the, the quiff, the quiff yeah. that Pikes had, the 50s costumes for the aliens in this particular yeah. episode all felt very 50s. And it felt like, that has been a deliberate attempt because saying that the original series is so 60s it's so yes. 60s it hurts the psychedelia yes. burns your eyes so as this is a prequel and it's set you know a good 10 yeah. years before yeah. kirk are they deliberately going for a 50s motif to try and keep mm. that going even down to you know una's barnet is a little bit more 50s than it is 60s uh spock's um uh, his sideburns have got that kind of cu uh, curve to them, which was a much more yep. popular mods yep. and rockers from the fifties yep. than it was in the sixties. So I'm wondering if that is like a deliberate thing that they're doing. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but um, that's very interesting actually. The aesthetics. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, Pike's kitchen, you know, it's yes. very fifties and mahogany it is, and it is, yeah. that sort of look to it. And it just, it, I don't know, it, maybe it's just I'm seeing things because you know what I'm like. I see things when they're not there. Um, but uh, yeah, it just, that it seemed to be cementing it in this this episode that that's the aesthetic yeah. they're going for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a pilot episode, it didn't seem to have the same fanfare that we've seen in other mm. episodes. You know, if you ranked just the first episodes, the pilots for every season, it's probably not going to be my top one. No. But not to say it's a bad episode. No, exactly. You know, very yeah. different sort of criteria. Um, it probably wouldn't hold up against maybe Emissary, which is still one of my favourites because it sets up everything. There's a tone to it. Um, there is an arc for uh, Cisco to go through, which is very similar to Pike's. Yeah. Um, in that he, got, you know, he he was rejected Starfleet in some respect. You know, he's yeah. um, bearded Pike and he's just yes. sitting out in a cabin, which I absolutely want. Uh, <laughs> I would love to live there. I'm not a big horse fan, but just give me that no. cabin and I'm absolutely fine. Um, with a giant, you know, 50 inch TV playing 50 B's movies, that's absolutely fine by me. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, interesting. And we kind of get a bit more cementing on who La'an is yep. in this. We get the idea that she was a colonist that had been assaulted by the Gorn, and we sort of get the introduction of the Gorn for this season um did you feel like the characters were served well in that pilot the extra characters you know we've already had pike and una and spock was there enough given to those characters as a pilot yes, I, I think so i think generally in the season i think something that disco has done very badly is not mm. being done now the only interesting one is is helmer is it helmer hemmer hemmer yeah he Didn't seems I... to have he seems to be taking up the Travis role at the moment, doesn't he? He really does, yeah. Yeah, which is strange. So, yeah, maybe he will come to the fore. But at the moment, he's he feels like a very um, underused character. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's... I mean, he's had some strong episode elements. Yeah. Like he's had a scene or two. Exactly, um, yeah, but... There's one coming up, I think, with... I think it's in the first five episodes. Now I'm, I'm second-guessing myself. 
Yes, it is. Yes, because yeah. it's in it's in the episode I mentioned earlier um, with Uhura, and they're in yeah. the 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 shuttle bay, and he was given quite a lot to say. But then so has Travis. Travis had yeah. you know a really strong scene in the in the pilot where he was talking about yeah. you know where he's come from. He's a space boomer and all this sort of stuff. But then we never heard from him again. <laughs> you know, he went off rock climbing and nobody saw it happen. <laughs> but I feel like they've split that two ways. I think that it's Hema and it's also Ortegas. Because yeah, Ortegas, okay, yeah. as as yeah. the pilot, is obviously, you know, similarity to, to um, Travis. But there was a whole episode in the last episode we're going to discuss in Spock and Mark where she was going off to do something and we never saw it happen. Mm. And it's very similar to what Travis has gone through several times in Enterprise where he's gone off to do something. Sounds pretty cool. She throws some shade and she has some great lines and some really good stunning lines of comebacks. But she hasn't really been delved into yet. And I'm really kind of hoping we get that towards the end of this season, that we get something else yeah. for her. Um, but who knows? You know, um, it could just be that I'm not noticing it. Again, I'm noticing the wrong things and I'm not missing I'm missing out on the other bits. Um, anything else to say on the pilot? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think we can... Uh, I'm, I'm, all I will say is that I'm looking forward to um, the Temple Trek episode <laughs> of this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's that way, you know, because uh, there's lots to say about it. But I think actually, um, for our purposes here, you know, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. Episode two was Children of the Comet. Yes. So uh, there's the comet careening towards this um, unnamed and unexplored uh, civilization. You know, um, yep. they're they're pre-warp and in fact yeah. i think they're pre-industrialization aren't they they're sort yeah, of aggregarian yeah. um uh, there's a comet they go on board there's some musical notes and there's a zealot a religious zealot uh community that are built around comets and you shouldn't change their their path or trajectory any thoughts on children of the comet this one um i enjoyed again the only thing i thought about this was that the bit with Ahura um, solving the sort of music thing. Mm. The interesting thing about that for me is that that in the 60s, that was TOS, that would be the whole episode. Yeah. And, and it's still something they're doing a little bit with, with Strange New Worlds. Is it's still a little bit fast. Not that that's a problem, mm. but with like Discovery, I think the one, the one that always springs to mind for me is the one... Um, with the alien race on on the on the moon, yeah, that they yes. so, they solved their problem really fast, mm. and they do that here. And I just wish sometimes that they they don't need to. You know, that could have been one story. They could have huh? almost be two episodes there. Yeah, in a way, you know, I'm obviously it would be need to be different, a different setup. But that whole musical notation thing yeah. could have been a whole episode. And that, so that's the only sort of, but that's modern Trek, maybe, mm, maybe modern television. I mean, it's a very Darmok kind of note to play uh, that you've yeah. got the, you know, uh, a language that you don't understand, so you've got to go through the the, the playthrough of it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I kind of wished that it had been a problem going on alongside. Yeah. How do we change the comet? Yeah. You know, Ahura and everyone are trapped on the comet. They spend 45 minutes figuring that out. And then when they figure it out, that also lends the solution to the comet problem. You know, how do you change it? Yeah. You know, play the musical notes and that convinces the zealots to get out of the way so they can move it. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Um, but of course, you know, that will play into our uh, alterations and expansions when we come to that episode yes, in many years' time. Um, yeah, I think now coming back to it and looking back at the five episodes, those five, this is probably my weakest just because okay. of that reason. I kind of wanted more and yeah. it, it was sort of breezed over very quickly. It is a, a slight discovery problem, you yes. know, that you've you've got these smart people and yes, you know, they probably would figure it out pretty quickly, but expand that out, you know, give us, if it's a 45 minute episode, they would probably take 45 minutes to solve it. So try and give us it in real time. Yeah, absolutely. Because I yeah, think I'll the whole agree. episode itself takes over like hours of time. Yeah. You know, make make it a forty five minute episode. There's a mm. there's a great episode in uh, Doctor Who called Thirty Six Minutes, where they are literally solving the problem in thirty six minutes, and okay. you have to do it. And I was like, kind of hoping for something like that. So I think that's probably why this is my weakest, but not in any way. Again, a bad episode. No. I could see it holding its own against so many other similar episodes in all of the other um, uh, treks. Yeah, definitely. And I really do like, do like the alien design the zealots because yes. it was very um cgi but it didn't feel cgi because it was all done over the screen yeah. and pike having to question his you know um his attitude towards religious beliefs and all this sort of thing yeah. i thought it was really good very star trekky very yeah. good conversations yeah, um uh ghosts of illyria yes so this one uh is where we find out a little bit more about una's past and we go down to another planet and there's some weird sort of subspace space ghost people things in a storm um your thoughts um again another good episode this is going to become a little bit boring in a way isn't it <laughs> but, we um, love it i mean i think someone i was listening to another podcast um i can't remember which one now but somebody pointed out and i think they're quite right really you know how did did uh, una get through like I guess she went to Star Trek um, Starfleet Academy, and I guess she went to, you know, how does she not get sort of genetically checked? Yeah. At any yeah. point to find out that she was a, um, whatever the aliens are called. I can't remember what they're called now, but um, yeah, that's interesting. Mm. I mean, maybe I know this is something that we've been doing with uh, Temple Trek is that you know consent of information has been a mm. thing that's happened in a couple of Enterprise episodes. Yeah. Um, maybe if you don't click the button saying I consent to a genetic DNA scan, maybe, you know, and they have yeah. to respect it because that's an individual choice. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, but the, the story itself, I thought they were going to go the, uh, naked now route for okay. a brief second. There's a moment where she starts glowing and obviously oh, we, yes. we yes. later find out that that's her defense mechanism. That's how she burns yeah. through the, the, the virus and she starts sort of ripping the top. And then there was the guy who headbutts the the screen. Oh, yes, but he's yes, he's looking yes. at the light, and I was kind of yeah. thinking, is he also going to go a little bit crazy? And is this going to be like a sexy Trek episode? Are they? Okay, yeah. For a minute, I thought they were going to let us down, you know, in just yes. the third episode. But they played it as much more of a a, a, a shipwide hysteria, yeah. and and the virus episode, you know, that kind yep. of contained episode. Um. So yeah, it could have gone disastrously wrong, and we could have had naked again, or however yeah. they would have phrased that if you would do it again. Um, and my big problem with doing naked now and naked time is it happens so early in both yes. TOS and TNG. You don't really know the characters well enough yeah. to understand the opposite of their personality. Yeah. So I was really worried they were going that route, but they didn't. You know, and it okay. went through a whole thing. 
Um, there's also Pike and Spock down on the planet, and they're sort of barricading, yes. and, but they yeah. have to use the information to solve the problem, which I think panned itself out just enough, yep. similar to Children of Comet. It should have been a bit more like that. Ahura and Spock figuring it, figuring it out over a set period of time. Or I suppose if you're using Spock a bit too much, maybe, you know, use somebody else instead. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on Ghosts of Illyria? Um I suppose the only thing I would say is it. I'm talking about, I don't remember remember the details of it that well, so maybe that's a, a criticism of it. Mm. Um, but again, you know, it, it's good Trek. It really is. It's good Trek, man. It is, yeah. And it, do you know, it's interesting. Maybe this leads to a, a conversation and about um, serialized and episodic. Mm. No. Are we sort of, what's the word? Are we unintentionally um, proving that the doubters right? <laughs> yeah, it does kind of feel that way, doesn't it? You know, you've got in five episodes that we're discussing now. I know there's seven out there, but in five episodes, they have produced some some of the best, not only Trek, but some really good TV as well that yep. you've seen for a long time. Um, it's yeah, it's difficult to kind of justify why serialized would be the way to go forward. There are some shows that it suits, you know. Yeah. Again, coming back to Stranger Things, Walking Dead. Um, you know, I haven't now watched the Halo series, and I've literally just set up uh, Paramount Plus just yes. before we came on here to to do it. But I'm looking forward because apparently that's serialized as well. But that yeah. that format lends itself well to that kind of war story that they're yeah. going to tell. This as a Star Trek moving to yep. various stars makes more sense um i don't know but i don't know i think there are things they've done in these episodes that they so easily weave into discovery and to picard and to the serialized elements and yeah i don't think it would make a huge difference you know to uh, to change it that way um uh, do you know i had a conversation before like before I think Discovery was out and then they announced sort of some of the other shows and I had a yeah. brief discussion with um, uh, Christopher Jones from um, mm -hmm. Trek FM. Yeah. And I said, you know, uh, the problem, I'm really looking forward to it, but the problem is, you know, will, it, will too much Trek dilute? Yeah. And he said, no, basically, like, look at DS9. Yeah. Good writing makes good Trek. Really does. So I think that's what we've got is we've got good writing and, and mm. a good production and you know the, the values are high and all that stuff. Whereas I think maybe the writing in Discovery hasn't been as good. Yeah, that's been the problem. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the serialized because you know even Strange New Worlds is serialized to a degree, a, a larger degree than than sort of old Trek. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's 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 writing. I yeah. think Disco, unfortunately, and, and you know this isn't. I don't think this is a, a groundbreaking opinion that the, the writing's <laughs> not brilliant in Disco. Mm. Um, but this is really strong writing, I think, and so that's mm. what's making it work. I don't think it's necessary that it's episodic, mm. because I think a story is a story, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, it, I think. The discovery, discovery. They've really they've sought spectacle over story in yes. many cases. 
Um, yeah. Whereas, whereas Strange New Worlds feels like the complete opposite, the flip of that. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, you know, Prodigy has done really well. I, I don't yeah. know if you've seen any of the episodes yet or anything like I that. I have, yeah. yeah. But some. I feel like even though that that is a continuous serialized story, there are elements in every episode that yeah. you could take it out, plug it and watch just that episode on its own works perfectly well i know it's designed for kids i know it doesn't really maybe have the same character depth that we might be getting with strange new worlds um but i feel like i know way more about all of those characters on prodigy yeah. than i do about 50 maybe even 60 percent of the crew on discovery um because they don't delve into it enough it's it's very surface level sentiment but not necessarily yeah. the depth that we're looking for yeah yeah i think you're right and i think already you know i feel like i know the characters beyond you know beyond hammer yeah i think i really know know the characters quite well really mm-hmm. you know so yeah i think it is it's it's, a, it's about writing it's about the, the overall production you know all the things that it's funny i was talking to my partner i can't remember what he's watching i think it what was he watching oh there's a there's a um, netflix show a french show called uh, call my agent oh which is it's it's fantastic it's a really good show and I said to her what is it what what makes you know an, a series better mm. than other series you know what is it is it you know and I think the truth is it's a combination of things you know it's it's it is the writing I mean the you know it's 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 just the whole the way things are made and you know just for some reason some things work better than others that's the truth of it yeah, um, and I think so far, Strange New Worlds is working really well. Yeah, and for me, moving into the next episode, I think that's where it really proved how much it could do in fifty mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, Memento Mori, which is yes. or Mori, uh, which is the Gorn episode. Uh, you know, the Wrath of Gorn, uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, it is a play for play, Wrath of Khan in fifty yep. minutes, yep. or all balance of terror. Yeah, um, you know, it's. It's exactly those kind of episodes. It might be light on the Star Trekiness, you know. There's not much yeah. of a met- message going on, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I give it to the next episode after this is my favourite. Right. Um, but this, you know, the drama, the tension. We had crews separated by, you know, the fact that the doors are, are sealed up. So you had Hema and Uhura in the cargo bay solving a problem. He's got, you know, he's damaged his hand, so he has to wait for her to help. So he has to question, you know can I work in a team? I don't like yep. working in teams. I'm the genius here, not you. Yep. Um, Uhura is second guessing herself, but she actually comes up and, you know, meets the challenge. Um, I do love Hemmer's little discussion. This is the big sort of speech for him of saying, you know, being a pacifist is not passivity. It's the yes. active protection of, of other things and other yep. beings. And, and I absolutely love that. And if that gets played up more and more as we go through, cannot wait. Um, then we've got, you know, uh, Pike showing that he does have that military side to him. He can outthwart the Gorn, and they're always overthinking it. You know, mining it with a torpedo, but the Gorn have already overthought it. Uh, Laan gets to have a bit more backstory th- thrown at us. Um, she has really felt like the focus for this season. You know, I know yes. we've got we've had Pike, and we've had his dealing with his um, prophecy of, of what's going to happen to him. Uh, but really, she has had like I think the most development of all the characters so far um yep. uh, not not again not to the detriment of everyone but still no. she's got them the most um yeah momentum or the gorn uh, your thoughts 
Yes, very good episode. Very, very good episode, in fact. My only gripe is that we didn't get to see the Gorn. Yeah, true. I wanted a man in a suit. I wanted <laughs> a, a dude running around in a rubber suit. That would have made well, that would have made my day. Season finale. You never know. You never know. Because, you know, the end of season one, they've been so confident they could give us a, a best of both worlds in the first season. You Ooh, never yes. know. And uh, just you see the scaly hand come up and then the, the camera just pans up and it's um, yeah, with blinking eyes and everything, you never know. You never know. Um, a very good episode. I think um, yeah. I was thinking when I watched it. Actually, I thought of you because being interested in submarines or yes, interesting maybe is an understatement. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's right up your street, isn't it? Really, it's, yeah. It's, it's hunt for Red October, isn't it? It really is. Now, I was never a submarine guy. I was never a Royal Naval guy. Like I never really okay. got into that uh, until I started leading the tours on it, and you start learning it and you start meeting these people and then the things they went through um so yeah an appreciation for submarine warfare i think adds adds something to this episode quite a bit you know just seeing the the little blips on the the radar yeah. as they're coming doo, 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 doo. Uh, fantastic but it's a play for play wrath of calm because they are hiding yes. in a nebula and all this sort yep. of stuff and then they get black hole blah blah blah, blah. um now i accuse uh into darkness of doing that far yep. too many times as well and I don't like it for doing that. But this did it and had its own way about it. It didn't feel yeah. like they were, they weren't just literally doing the same lines from Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And then, you know, giving it to us again because they just couldn't think of a way to write the episode. It felt like it had its own character, but was basically doing the exact same thing. And I was wondering, why do I, why do I do that? Why, why do I hold it against one thing, but not the other? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing that pops in my head, of course, is justice. Yeah. You know, but because again, you know, they do say, you know, there's only like five stories. True, true. You know, so, and it's about how you tell that story and you can tell it well and you can tell it badly. Yeah. And I think they they told it well. It, it had tension, it had, you know, excitement, it had, it was good, it was well paced, it was, yeah. you know, an excellent episode. Again, another excellent episode. Yeah. it It's so good just so good um and last but not certainly least is yes. spock amok and i'm going to tip my hand and say this is my favorite one okay. because you get all the character stuff you also don't get a reset button they carried right. over the, the battle damage from that episode into this so i'm almost thinking that when we get to temple trek we're gonna to have to do all two put together and it's gonna be hefty to really go through everything all at once uh because the battle damage means they have to pull into a starbase and we get a proper Star trek -y problem that there's this new race. How do we bring them into the Federation? Uh, the Tellarites have failed and they caused too many arguments. Uh, there was the Vulcans, I think, as well. But then they met Spock and then they became quite combative with him. They didn't like Pike, even though they insisted on meeting him. Very weird stuff going on. Hmm. We meet Robert April again. You know, we had him in the first seat, uh, first episode and now we're getting back again. But he has a bit more to do and uh we get spock them up we get a freaky friday episode to boot and oh enterprise bingo just yes. so much stuff yes. that all gets packed there's three plots basically three plots in one episode and i think that's why i absolutely love it if ever there was a time to uh show that star trek works best when it really knows how to separate the characters and give them all something valid to do and it all makes sense why it all ties together that's the way to write this kind of Star Trek episode. Now, again, I, I don't mind if you turn around and say this is your most hated episode, but 
your thoughts on Spock Amok? I thought it was an excellent episode. Oh, there we go. We're five for five. Look at that. Yes. Um, Really funny. It's interesting because I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead slightly yep. and discuss only very briefly like what we ha- we're not gonna discuss if that makes sense. I think this this episode is great because it's it's funny, it's yep. humorous, it's it's but you know the whole stuff with with um, Una and Leon, you know the where where fun goes to die and all that stuff and you know <laughs> and, and all this, the all that stuff is great, mm. but. The next couple of episodes have got humour in them as well. Yeah. Which I'm the only concern I've got now is that they're going for a funny thing running through. I think every so often funny is great. Yeah. And a bit of humour in an episode is great as well. I'm not sort of saying, you know, it has to be yes. hard yes. sci fi, you know, and sort of but are they just a little bit too funny are they being a little bit sort of... <laughs> but that's not a criticism of Spock and Mock because as, a, as no. an episode itself I think it works fantastically as you say you know the, the whole sort of inter, intertwining of of these stories I mean like, you know the the stuff of Mbenga yes. with his hat I mean it's oh. just ridiculous but it's great you know that, that's the fourth so, storyline there we go yeah, yeah. yeah and, and so yeah so another great episode man and um, yeah really a really strong episode. I, I was thinking, I don't know what my favourite episode is, really. That's what I was going to ask um, you, because it's it's tough to choose. It is. It is tough. And I like I like them all, really, for different reasons. But, um, yeah, Spock and Mock is up there. There's no doubt about it. But I'm going to, I'm going to save, I'm going to save my, my judgment for the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the end and see yep. what they bring out in the last few episodes. Yeah, I mean the next one coming up, episode eight, is looking interesting. Yeah, yeah, and this whole sort of storybook thing going on is is it, it sort of echoes of of TNG um, holodeck episodes and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I, I so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pin my colours to the mast yet. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, suffice to say, I've enjoyed them all. Yeah, but. Uh, I yeah, cannot I wait. Know. I cannot wait to just go and rewatch them. Yes, it's, it doesn't feel like I'm going to have a, a slog to, no. to get through. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, the, there's not a whole story that I'm going to have to like. Oh god, okay, that character's going yeah. there. I can just enjoy those episodes and just go yeah. back to it. I really enjoy that. It's so nice. <laughs> maybe really just you know, maybe it's because there's so much TV. It's yeah. nice to know you could just dip into it and then come back out again. Yep. You don't feel like you have to keep up or binge everything all yeah. at once to then yeah. stick with it. Maybe. maybe. Uh, and maybe it has benefited from being something like that that is somewhat different to everything else being offered. Everyone's going for serialization now. They're yes. actually not doing that. It gives it such a, a an interesting USP yeah. for for TV, maybe. I don't yeah, know. sort of it's bizarrely fresh. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, despite it being sort of returning to an old way of making TV, <laughs> it's the cyclical nature of everything in life. Yeah, it indeed. just keeps coming round. Uh, yeah. You know, people do the same thing, but it's revolutionary now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are two great episodes coming up that we'll discuss, but I think we'll do that later because they're yep. still yet to release in the UK. Yeah, so maybe not everyone's yep. seen them. Um, but yeah, I cannot wait 
to see how this season ends and what they're going to do with the next five episodes. Uh, and yeah, I'm really looking forward. The, the trailer just looks nuts for next it does. For, for this week's episode. It does. I got I don't know the way that just from the trailer going from that the way that the Enterprise is still there, but then it's all got sort of hanging bits of you know, foliage all over the place. It's not necessarily a great comparison, but it does make me think of masks from TNG. You know, where the Enterprise starts getting converted yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm wondering if that's a kind of thing. Maybe there's like a program yeah. or something that's. I mean, they don't. I mean, they do and don't have a holodeck on board. Yep. Because we know that holodecks exist because of Discovery and, and everything yep. like that. We know that rec rooms were always a thing for TOS, even way yep. back into the animated series. Um, so I'm wondering if something on the Enterprise is being rewritten or something like that, you know, through the yeah. replicators, that sort of that masks element. I don't know. It it, it just, yeah. but proof that they are really going to strange new worlds. They are really yes. doing something unusual, uh, even though it could be exactly like millions of other episodes of Star Trek we've seen before. It's interesting. You can really feel TOS, can't you? In this yeah. series, oh, you know, yes. you really can. Yeah, and and uh, done very well. It could have been, it could be done very badly. Yeah, and be too because I mean you know we're going to talk about. 60s trek when we get there yeah but you know there's 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 issues with 60s trek and you could be too slavish to it yeah but i think they've got that that exuberance that sort of you know that sort of excitement yes of, the, of tos and that sort of you know but they've they've made it modern yeah i think for me that uh the uh children of the comet you know when there was the conversation at the beginning of the episode about sometimes things go so badly wrong you have to laugh spock didn't understand it and then by the end of the episode there's the callback and it's almost the star trek tos laugh yes. everyone at the laughs yes. at the end and then it's the credits you know it felt like that it's a callback you know spock just laughs over the comms because sometimes it's so bad you have to laugh um that is such an old way of doing things but they delivered it so well that you kind of don't even notice it until yeah. you really start thinking about it but there you go yeah I think that's it. I, I think, think so. we've discussed uh, Strange New Worlds. So, uh, yeah. as always, thank you very much for listening. This has been another yep. Nexus Nights, and uh, we'll catch you next time. We certainly will. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this latest Nexus Nights episode. If you'd like to get in contact, you can search us on Facebook or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Or you can find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. The show itself is a work of pure fiction on my part and all the views and opinions I express are my own and are not reflective of the rights holders of Star Trek. The intro music, The Dust Clears, and the outro music, Changes, are by Jim Hall. Check out his work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek Nexus Nights is hosted on Anchor FM. If you enjoyed this content and would like to support the show, follow, subscribe, review, and of course, share on social media for me. And I'll catch you next time.